Hello and welcome back to Tells. Hi, Andrew Neamey. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. Happy July 5th. Thank you. We didn't get to spend the 4th together. We did not. One I... of us was playing a tournament. Well, I spent the day with friends out in Boulder City. Nobody's, nobody knows what Boulder City is. Boulder City is a little town outside of Las Vegas. Uh, mm -hmm. 30 minutes. It's got a population of about... 15,000, I believe. Um, Sounds small. It's weird. I wouldn't think of it as like a separate city. I would think of it as part of Las Vegas, but that's probably wrong. I don't think Boulder City <laughs> residents would be very happy about that. <laughs> I think they're very proud to have the city. Are there, are there any casinos there? I don't know. I don't think there are. I don't think so, but there is a bowling alley that you can rent out for $150 an hour, all the lanes, all 10 lanes, plus snacks. That's what I learned in Boulder City. So you get the snacks and the bowling alley for 100 The snacks are included? Yes. What kind of snacks? I didn't get that far. Doritos Cool Ranch? <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. Perhaps, but yeah. So that's Boulder City. That's where you were yesterday, celebrating America. Anyway, I was playing a tournament. If you, want, if you want to talk about me. <laughs> How was day one C of the main event? Uh, what is it? Main event of the World Series of Poker. Do yep. you know why I love the main event so much? No, why? Because it's almost over. All <laughs> poker is almost over. Well, this year it's a little bit of a tease because there's more tournaments after the, after the main event. I saw a couple of $1,500,000 tournaments. Yeah. Isn't there the, some one drop one as well? The million dollar one and the little one. The little one drop and the big one drop? Yep. <laughs> the big and little ones. Yeah, there's some other stuff as well. You know, like at the win, still going on, whatever. So you're not done yet. Main event means it's over. <laughs> okay. Uh, I saw on Twitter there was a lot of unhappy people on registration days. Oh, God, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your feelings. I'm, fur I'm furious. <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely angry. I think it would be really informative to have somebody from the World Series of Poker on this podcast to explain all of their failings. Well, unfortunately, we have nobody. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's your job now, is to find somebody from the World Series of Poker. That... Okay, to come on the podcast? Yeah, so they can tell us, you know, give us a bird's eye view of what happens, you know, because there's been a lot of angry people. Sure. Well, the thing is that like we have to give credit where it's due. So I think we should start off that by saying that, that the World Series of Poker is such like a massive production and they they set it up, I would say, you know, like somewhere in the 90s, you know, 90 percent of it is like really well done. Just it's such like a big event, you know, so many so many people have to be brought in for the event and uh, they managed to do it and do it mostly well. Yeah, I mean, I think to put and to keep it going for that amount of time, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Right. It's not like one day the lights go out because yeah. there's too many people and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty impressive to um, keep it the, running that the, long. The AC did go out one day. Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> they, they had no AC for a day or for like several hours. Really? Yeah, I'm sure people of... were pretty happy to thaw out for a little bit. No, it sounded pretty miserable. Really? Yeah, it was... It got pretty hot pretty quick. 
um, you know, that was just a small, small glitch. Like you're saying, this goes on for like seven weeks or something. You know, right. CES is only a few days. I mean, what other convention is anywhere near this length? There isn't one. Yeah. So, so that's cool. But uh, yeah, this registration thing um, for the main event, I, it's kind of mind boggling to me. Um, and you know, it'd be a good question to find out why we still can't register for this online because name me some other event where you have hundreds of customers line up in, in a queue with literally each of them $10,000 mostly in cash in their pocket, you know, just in like the, the snake uh, line thing. I imagine that what it would be like if you went to visit Pablo Escobar to get your percentage <laughs> of your, <laughs> you know, of your drugs that you're going to go back and sell. Okay, yeah. That's the only... Well, no, you don't pay for that. He pays you. No, but if you're a dealer, don't you have to put up money? I mean, we don't know anything about drugs, but <laughs> what I'm thinking, like, if, you know how, if you had the cartel yeah. being the World Series, yeah. and each individual that comes to the World Series is their own dealer, you know, they have their own block or whatever, and they come with cash to... Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. ...to purchase their, their yeah. drugs to take back. Because he doesn't, you know, it's not always their distribution. Um, I think you would probably get them for free, and then you send a percentage of the money back. So maybe you're bringing money back from the previous sale, but you're not buying the drugs from them. How do you know that? You don't because know that for sure. You, they wouldn't have the money to front. No, but like think about the movie American Gangster, <laughs> yeah. right? If the guy from American Gangster was getting drugs from Colombia or somewhere else, they had to put up money. The Pablo Escobar is not just sending a flight full of drugs for free. There's no way. It's too much risk. Yeah, but they can always make more. That's the thing. E and kill all the people, too. Yeah, if you, if you lose it, if you steal it, then you're going to get tracked down. No, I think there's still a down <laughs> okay. payment. But okay, so. back to the World Series <laughs> of poker. So the registration line for the day 1C. Okay, granted, again, we have to give them a little bit of leeway because this, is, this was the biggest single day of any event the biggest field of any event was the day 1c of this year's main event so they had over 4000 people in this day wow so that broke the record um so perhaps they weren't expecting so many people but i don't understand why you don't like overstaff and really make it a smooth operation so that like again you have all these people standing here in this uh, area of the Rio. There's one dude, security guy, sitting there on a stool <laughs> in his yellow shirt. I'm not even sure if he's armed. Everybody knows that the world's that the main event is happening now and people are registering for it. So every time like someone hands over their 10k to sign up, there has to be not only do you have your cashier, but the cashier has to get it verified by their supervisor. So then the supervisor comes over and recounts the money. No. So granted, they probably ran it through the, if it's cash, they run it through the uh, counting machine, money machine. Right. And then there's the chips or whatever. So some people, have, you know, like have half and half. Uh, I, I'm not sure if the supervisor reruns it through the counting machine or not. But anyway, these supervisors have to bounce from window to window, back and forth. Verifying counting of money. Making sure there's 10K. And making sure also that the chips 
are on your record, which is a whole other story. But anyway, when you get a big chip and the cashier has to mark it down after they cash you out so that, I don't know, they want to, it's, I don't know if it's for money laundering reasons. I don't know if it's to make sure nobody's stealing the chips or something, but whatever. On my record, it says I have, you know, yellow chips cashed out from the cage. I don't have 5K chips cashed out from the cage. So that's a whole other story. So you couldn't just swap, you know what I mean? You could have easily swapped five chips with somebody else. I could give my 5K chip to someone for five yellow chips, but right. then that person would have problems cashing that 5K chip if it's because not on their record. Get, but they still have the same amount of money. It's yeah, really silly. The point is, there's all these people waiting, you know, there's not enough staff because there's only like two supervisors that are moving from window to window, verifying the amounts. Meanwhile, there's a two hour wait in the line to sign up for the main event. And all these people, hundreds of people in line with $10,000 cash. And uh, it's a little sketchy. Like that's millions of dollars just sitting there. Just standing in line? That's, it's not insured. Like what if somebody like came up and like robbed that line, you know? And there's an exit right there. You can have a getaway car. It leads right out to the parking lot. Stop giving people ideas. <laughs> I think we should How stop am I the only one right? that's thought about this? I'm not. Like, I talked to a friend of mine about it. And he's like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, it's crazy. I mean, A, it's like really ridiculous customer service, I think. And B, it's like pretty sketchy, you know? Again, like, where else are there all these customers just like sitting there with 10K cash in their pocket? I think yeah. that's all I want to say about that. Mm, world series of poker well that's why i said <laughs> if we have somebody on that can maybe explain these things uh-huh. or just start a dialogue with you yeah. know maybe you put them on the vlog or something so that the, at least the dialogue starts because i don't know if the people who set up the operations are poker players or think about that type of experience well, I mean, which is hard to imagine that they don't right yeah. because there's already the cage mm-hmm. so there's some sort of level of security that they've manufactured right so yeah i don't understand how there's no online registration yet where you don't pay an additional three hundred dollars or whatever it is to sign up for a tournament so you would pay that because i know it's most likely they don't want to go through the admin and it's probably really difficult for them to get a bank who would be willing to funnel that amount of cash and then return it to them as quickly. I don't know. I mean, whatever the reason is, they decide that it's better for the customers to stand in the line, you know? But I mean, if you do a wire transfer, it takes three days to get to the bank. And then if you wanted to pay somebody out at the end of that tournament, then they probably have to wait another three days to get back get that money back right and at the moment you get the stacks of money Mm -hmm. when you win your tournament i guess so i don't know it just seems like with all the i mean i can transfer money instantly right these days on paypal or venmo and stuff but you can't transfer ten thousand dollars those are definitely limits to the amount you can transfer really yeah banking rules are not simple and they i think they are a big hindrance and that's why there's like money laundering and stuff because then just hire some more cashiers and supervisors and security guards please (laughs) (laughs) because i don't want to be standing in a two-hour line as a target yeah yeah i think that's very valid i hope you can solve the world series problems with the money transfer but Mm -hmm. yeah so you would be willing to pay an extra 300 
3% to not have to go and stand no. in the... I wouldn't. So what is your argument? That's why we need to figure it out. I'm saying... Because that's the thing. If you... The, the bank charges 2.75% to process credit card or wire wow. transfers or even more, right? This is the thing, though. Like, poker players, they generally just, like, put up with this stuff. And I think Caesars knows that, you know, these poker players, they're going to do it anyway. They're going to stand in that line. They're still going to register. And there's only one main event. Right. And I so, think that's why they think the excitement would override the weight. Yeah, because there's no way to say exactly right. you can't anticipate there being more people if you're spending all this time marketing the event working on the software for worldseries.com right worldseries.poker.com i mean they have windows in the cat in the cage that were closed during this time so explain that to me why did they set this up this cage up with all these possible windows for workers and they're closed what if the workers got a cold baby hmm <laughs> Just maybe, maybe. This should be the one time of year where they have extra staff, no? Well, that's something that you should communicate or, you know, the poker community should stand up for themselves and, yeah. and say right, something. Well, we're trying. You know. Forward this podcast to... Caesars Entertainment. Um, who works at Caesars? Let's see. I don't know. Don't <laughs> call anyone out yet. Oh, man, Caesars Entertainment, the poker world is coming for you. Be very, very afraid. <laughs> Turns out I am uh, b banned from Caesars following this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we wonder why. This is my last World Series of Poker. Uh, so how was the actual series once you got in, sat down? How was the game, games? How did uh, you The fare? main event? Yes, sir. That's what we've been That's talking the one, about. Or just any game. Main event. Uh, it was. It's good. I mean, I didn't recognize anybody in my day one table, which is a good thing. What was the most exciting thing that happened? During well, for me, it was like pretty stressful. It was like I immediately started off in the hole. I got ace king the very first hand, and it didn't work out for me in a three bet pot. And uh, it was pretty much straight down to like twenty percent of. The starting stack or something like that so that's no fun at all you know there's so much hype there's so much pressure and hype going into the main event first time i had sold action publicly really yeah how did that feel um it's fun because like it was so easy to do the site i was using um you can buy like small pieces which is great because then you know there's not like people wagering a big sum mm -hmm. it allows for people to have a small sweat which is ideal and then, yeah, you don't really want to just like instantly flame out, you know. When <laughs> After you've sold action to yeah, people. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> you think people are going to be like, yo, yo, Andrew, man, can well, you give me my $10 back? I don't think anybody really thinks I'm going to win the main event. Obviously, it'd be great to cash, but you would also like to have their excitement and their sweat last as long as possible, right? So like just busting halfway through day one would be... Very the least, disappointing. It'd be the least amount of value for your money, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, part of the fun is just following the updates and stuff. Yeah, you almost ruined my barbecue with your sad updates. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, because I kept checking, you know. <laughs> Sorry about that. What's the chip count at? Well, I would have texted you if I busted, so you didn't have to really watch. But yeah, but I nice still, you, I'm still nice you care. sweating, sweating nice. my... Horse? Is that what it's, what's it say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So, um, 
is there a strategy going into day two? I mean, I know you have a break now today on Thursday, and then Friday is day. my my strategy going in. Yeah, tomorrow's day two, um, Friday. I my strategy going in was just basically sort of think of it as starting off just played like three good days of poker because it's so easy to look at eight days, which is whatever or you know whatever number of days the main event is, and get pretty easily overwhelmed. Um, I think it takes three days to cash, so then. Start breaking it down that way. Say like, I just want to play three straight, straight, three straight days of really good poker, as good as I can, and then you do that by approaching each day as its own section of that three days. So, just uh, another day of good poker coming up on Friday. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. You got to run good, you know. That's, I mean, you get two hour levels, which allows for a lot of patience, but. You do your part, and then hope the run good part happens too. You're going to wear your favorable apparel? Yeah. Okay, good. Then you're going to run good. Yeah. And we'll say another prayer from the poker god to the poker gods. Yeah, of course. This is the second biggest uh, main event ever, so that's good, I think. Which was the first one? I think the one Jamie Gold won was the biggest one. And that was, you know, still prime online poker days when poker stars in full tilt were running at full speed. And then after that, after they were taken away, a lot of our satellites were taken away and a lot of poker interest was taken away. So I guess that's good for the poker industry. This is the second biggest. Yeah, that's good. I wonder if, um, I know there's been lots of different things that different companies have been, you know, trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, promotions and now there's poker vlogs and all these personalities. Do you think that's added to the excitement of poker? Um. It's just showed a lot of resilience, you know. I don't know if like there's any one particular marketing strategy that you could point to, but I don't know. There's a lot of gambling in the culture, I think, and uh, poker is makes the most sense as far as the form of gambling where you can actually win money if you put effort into it. I don't know. I was thinking about this, like whether it's sports betting or just uh, gambling on whatever. There was never really the activity pastime of choice between either my friends and I or like my family and I but uh a lot of people when they you know like growing up there's always around gambling there's so many people that bet on sports and stuff yeah that's completely foreign to me yeah yeah there's never like, a thing uh, around your family or friends no like you met my uncle yeah and so they would have card games at his house occasionally okay um with his friends and he's for money you know, or no Beer buddies, yeah, for like beer and beer money, yeah, sure, but not anything big. But that was yeah. like the extent of gambling, and mm -hmm. it always ended up in a row. So it was just like, uh, yeah, no, gambling's bad because you know <laughs> what I mean. It was always like too many beers later, somebody's mad at the other person, and that's you know how the story pr pretty much went. But yeah, so I wasn't exposed to gambling, yeah, it's like hard to sort of get the full picture if you were i think in a family or group of friends like mine where we didn't really gamble that much or at all but it's just crazy how many people um like bet on sports like how big sports betting is mm. even though it's only technically legal in las vegas prior to recent decisions wow yeah i had no idea i thought everybody could sports bet and you can give them your money online so i think the world series needs to Get with these. What are what's well? Those are like? overseas sites, right? What is that big one? The big 
on mm. the sports betting one that has all the fantasy football stuff. Like DraftKings and stuff? Yeah. So that's an overseas operation? No, no, no that one's... I think U.S. based. I don't know. Yeah, you can put all your money on DraftKings. So World Series needs to get with DraftKings, figure out the process, uh -huh. and uh, keep it moving. I wanted to tell you some sad news, though. Uh-oh. I know, the podcast is not very giggly today, but um, earlier today I saw a story about three hikers oh, yeah. and YouTubers. Um, they had a web uh, website, a channel called High on Life. Mm -hmm. which is an ex sort of extreme adventure channel. And they passed away in a fall Dang. in Canada. So they were in a park, Squamish. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. And that was really... That sucks. Yeah, because, you know, a couple of years ago or even last year, there was a lot of... A lot written about people dying for selfies, you right. know, getting too close to the edge and then falling off the edge mm -hmm. just to get the shot. Um, and these kids would always do these extreme sort of cliff jumps into various, you know, 30, 50, 60 meter pools. So obviously it gets you thinking about whether it's worth it to push risk. the bow yeah to risk your life or push the boundary so much yeah but i think it's also very human to sure. push your limits and push your boundaries all this all the videos that i watched this morning um they were so happy to be doing what they were doing um and they were a group of friends they grew up together and now they had this business together so literally living the dream mm -hmm. and if it ends early is that wrong because you were doing something that other people consider dangerous. So they have like a, a warning message at the start of their video that says they uh, take a lot of precautions and work with uh, trained professionals to make sure everything is safe. I mean, who knows if that's true though? Yeah, I think for sure it's they, them being responsible because they know that they have kids who yeah. look up to them who would want to try that. Yeah. Because if you see somebody and they're doing like fun stuff. Yeah. Put fun music to it. They're all laughing and. Yeah. You definitely want to try it. You get as hundreds well. of thousands of views and thumbs up and comments and stuff and living the dream. Isn't that terrifying? And it also looks so fun. Yeah. It looks pretty fun. You wouldn't do that. Mm, I might. Mm. That looks pretty fun. Yeah, that's a bit high. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exciting and scary and very sad. But it also sort of comes back to what we talked about last week about coolness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you would do stuff like that if you just did it to be cool. Would you? Would you jump off a bridge to be cool, or do you do it for the adrenaline rush? I'd do it for, like, the life experience. I'm not very good at jumping off of bridges. But, yeah, like you were saying, I think it's just human nature to um, sort of push that boundary. And uh, it's, I guess, like a little bit expected because now that, like, we're creating our own content, we aren't, you know, creating these shows through, like, 
an ABC network, for example, or something, right? So they would for sure have professionals and professional do, divers. Yeah, doing everything by the book, right? So that they don't get sued. Um, you know, they're obviously going to try and protect themselves and their staff, and uh, everything's going to be safe. But like now, you're creating your own content, and you remove all those safety nets, both literally and figuratively, right? Mm-hmm. So um it's sort of expected that these things are going to happen right like even with like selfies you know before you had to have someone take a picture of you and maybe that person would be like dude that's dumb to get away from that edge right but now it's like there's nobody else to stop you you're just trying to get that that shot and we're all creating our own content now so it's kind of a free-for-all do you think it's also wanting to sort of one up yourself and other creators Mm mm-hmm sure yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty competitive people. I think YouTube, when you start thinking about like the numbers of like getting subscribers and views, it's kind of competitive in that sense. But yeah, so what is the, do you think you continue to do that or do people scale back on extremeness? I doubt it. We might, we that- might pause briefly, but I doubt it. That's There's very all these different kinds of things like this, like these uh, dudes who are, what do you call it? Parkour? Is that what it is? Where like people are doing like freestyle running and jumping off of walls and over ledges and stuff. Oh, that roof climbing thing. Yeah, roof climbing. The I don't know, but in the cities, right? I can't yeah. remember what it's called. You watched a I documentary. Think that's what, it's what is it? Parkour. P A R K O U R. I don't know. Then there's like people climbing um, buildings that are under, under construction. You know, like dudes like in China. You know, climbing really? these skyscrapers. To get like insane photos of their legs hanging over the edge and stuff like that. There's just all different uh, genres of this extreme boundary pushing content capturing stuff. So no, it's not going to stop. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to stop. But then what I'm asking really is the whether we it's worth it to mm-hmm. risk your life for Instagram or YouTube. <laughs> um, I don't think so because... You could just make a poker vlog and then <laughs> no one's no one's dying in my videos ever. Um, your soul might get crushed by that ace on the river. But. Yeah, but then there's also the, the other part of not just being safe, right? And yeah. just living life within or just, the rules. Or just doing what you love. Like maybe, obviously, I don't expect everyone to go make a poker vlog make a poker vlog so like these guys just love travel and capturing that stuff and the adrenaline whatever and that's what they love doing so i don't know maybe it's worth it to them who am i to say i mean for me it's not necessary there's got to be ways to make travel videos and do adrenaline type stuff where it's less risky i know but the with our attention span Mm -hmm. we want more like if i've seen Joe Schmo jump out of a plane. That's not cool anymore yeah. because I've seen Joe Schmo and Jay this one and John and Peter and Christy and everybody's jumped out of a plane. So it's not. So you always have to push that envelope of yeah the adrenaline and excitement. Yeah, and it's like discovering new spots to do it. That's part of the fun of it. Uh, undiscovered locations that haven't been maybe scouted as well, and who knows what's who's been hurt there before and stuff. Yeah, and speaking of unscouted locations, I watched another YouTube video about a guy who got arrested outside Bali, mm-hmm. and they were going to frame him for having drugs. So the moral of his story was sort of, yes, it's great to go and 
go off the beaten path but sometimes places are restricted for a reason i was just like i love going to places that nobody goes to yeah is that dangerous because i mean sure. in asia for sure like if they find drugs on you or somebody frames you for drugs that's death penalty right so the Ch- thailand's and the china's of the world like you're not coming out and that's terrifying frightening thanks for the downer <laughs> <sighs> but this is this is the youtube life you yeah know? yeah i mean sure you make poker vlogs so you're not going to jump off anything but there needs there needs to be uh some sort of education i think about this you know these this should be like the evolution of our education system there needs to be a content creator class in high school or middle school because there's no rules like you said there's no rules to it's not even rules so much as that we need than common sense and the creators start up so young right and you just get affirmation from views and comments that your common sense might not even kick in because it's overridden by the affirmation and the praise that you get from creating all this dope content. Yep. Well, I think it comes back to getting uh, paid for doing what you love, you know, like what really does it for you uh, and connecting with people and getting that uh, so you're, validation. You're saying affirmation over common sense, pretty much. That's what you just said to me right now. <laughs> It's not. For, it's not what I would choose, but I can certainly understand why someone would, and how it, and how it happens, you know, because like when I had started doing the vlog and like I got feedback, positive feedback, on you know the first episode, then okay, now I need to do another one, since it got good feedback. So you start small and uh, you just keep doing it. Yeah, but that's still, if your vlog was killing a dog every time <laughs> you'd still do it because the affirmation is good do you know what i mean like okay so what's your question my question is affirmation over common sense okay yeah do you know like i don't think that would get that much positive feedback to be honest with you like that if, would get more negative no your audience doesn't know only you know that a dog is harmed every time you upload a video right (laughs) but you get all this positive affirmation from your viewers because that's pretty much what it's like right if you don't learn that this is dangerous and everybody's just saying oh my gosh do more do more do more yeah then that's exactly the same thing like you might be harming your sense of thinking through things clearly for affirmation Mm -hmm. and clicks and likes on instagram and youtube yeah i don't know if there's an answer I don't know if there's a good answer for that. All right, listeners of the podcast, help us out here, please. <sighs> Killing a dog every day? What? I'm just saying if a dog was hurt every time you made a video, I'm not saying killing a dog. No dog died in this making of this podcast. Okay. When, when are we getting a dog? Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any listener feedback? We have some feedback from Papa Charlie. Long time no here, Papa Charlie. Nice. Papa Charlie says, I think writing a book is definitely in Andrew's future. Maybe not this year or next year or even this decade, but someday he's got the knack and the viewpoint that people find interesting. What viewpoint? That's why it's not this year, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, PC9. 
I would write. I would like to write a book. Okay, so write a book, my yeah, love. I need to. I want to. You're gonna be in it. Are you gonna self-publish? You can write a chapter. That'll be good. Are you gonna self-publish, or are you gonna find a publisher? I don't know. I'd have to weigh those options. Yeah. Probably self-publish, but I don't know. Depends how much money they want to give me. That's what it all comes down to, really, in life. That's what it comes down to in life, is how much money. It's some... what, what's most important, really. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. That's good to know. Just kidding. That's good to know. Okay, uh, I think that's all we have time for. Yeah, good chat. Thanks for having us on your podcast, listeners and Boosie. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.